Section 23 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 23. The following letter, which relates to the same work, was written some time after. To the Reverend Mr. Wesley, June 24, 1778. Reverend and dear sir, you have the narrative of the Reverend Mr. J. I send this as a supplement to it. At our little conference held in Philadelphia, May 1775, Mr. S. was appointed assistant for Brunswick Circuit in Virginia. He found there about eight hundred joined together, but in a very confused manner. Many of them did not understand the nature of meeting in class, and many of the classes had no leader. He resolved to begin in good earnest, and the preachers with him were like-minded. Their constant custom was, as soon as preaching was over, to speak to all the members of the society, one by one. If the society was large, one preacher spoke to a part, and he that came next to the rest. By this means they learned more of our doctrine and discipline in a year than in double the time before. The fruit soon appeared. The congregations swiftly increased, and many were pricked to the heart. Many that were a little affected desired to see the nature of meeting in class, and while one was speaking either to those that were groaning for redemption, or those who had found peace with God, these were frequently cut to the heart and sometimes enabled on the spot to praise a pardoning God. Nay, sometimes four, five, or six found peace with God before the meeting was over. The work of God thus increasing on every side, more preachers were soon wanting, and God raised up several young men who were exceeding useful as local preachers. After Mr. S. had been about eight months in the circuit, Mr. J. desired his parish might be included in it that all who chose it might have the privilege of meeting in class and being members of the society. He soon saw the salutary effects. Many that had but small desires before began to be much alarmed and labored earnestly after eternal life. In a little time numbers were deeply awakened, and many tasted of the pardoning love of God. In a few months Mr. J. saw more fruit of his labors than he had done for many years and he went on with the preachers hand in hand, both in doctrine and discipline. When Mr. S. took an account of the societies, before he came to the conference in 1776, they contained 2,664 persons, to whom 1,800 were added in one year. Above a thousand of these had found peace with God, many of whom thirsted for all the mind that was in Christ and divers believed God had circumcised their heart, to love him with all their heart, and with all their soul. This revival of religion spread through fourteen counties in Virginia, and through Butte and Halifax counties in North Carolina. At the same time, we had a blessed outpouring of the Spirit in several counties bordering upon Maryland. Our conference was at Baltimore Town on the 22nd of May. Here I received a letter from Mr. J., part of which I insert. May 11, 1776 I praise God for his goodness, 
in so plentifully pouring out of his spirit on men, women, and children. I believe threescore, in and near my parish, have believed, through grace, since the quarterly meeting. Such a work I never saw with my eyes. Sometimes twelve, sometimes fifteen find the Lord at one class meeting. I am just returned from meeting two classes. Much of the power of God was in each. My dear partner is now happy in God her Savior. I clap my hands exulting, and praise God. Blessed be the Lord, that ever he sent you and your brethren into this part of his vineyard. Many children, from eight to twelve years old, are now under strong convictions, and some of them are savingly converted to God. I was much comforted this morning at the W.O. Chapel. The people there are of a truly teachable spirit, those particularly who profess to have obtained the pure love of God. They are as little children. When you consider how the work is spreading on every side, you will readily excuse me from being at your conference. Monday, June 24. I left Leesburg, in company with W.B., a truly devout man who now rests from his labors, and came to Petersburg on Saturday the 29th, where I preached about three in the afternoon, and then rode on to Mr. B.'s, about ten miles farther. A little company was waiting for me, and God was with us of a truth. Sunday 30. I was comforted by the sight of my dear brother S., but I was weak in body, through riding so far in extreme heat, and much exercised in mind, and did not know how I should be able to go through the labor of the day. We went to the chapel at ten, where I had liberty of mind, and strength of body beyond my expectation. After preaching I met the society, and was more relieved, both in body and mind. At four in the afternoon I preached again, from, I set before thee an open door, and none can shut it. I had gone through about two-thirds of my discourse, and was bringing the words home to the present. Now, when such power descended, that hundreds fell to the ground, and the house seemed to shake with the presence of God. The chapel was full of white and black, and many were without that could not get in. Look wherever we would, we saw nothing but streaming eyes, and faces bathed in tears, and heard nothing but groans and strong cries after God and the Lord Jesus Christ. My voice was drowned amidst the groans and prayers of the congregation. I then sat down in the pulpit, and both Mr. S. and I were so filled with the Divine Presence that we could only say, This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Husbands were inviting their wives to go to heaven, wives their husbands, parents their children, and children their parents, brothers their sisters, and sisters their brothers. In short, those who were happy in God themselves were for bringing all their friends to Him in their arms. This mighty effusion of the Spirit continued for above an hour, in which time many were awakened, some found peace with God, and others His pure love. We attempted to speak or sing again and again, but no sooner we began than our voices were drowned. It was with much difficulty that we at last persuaded the people, as night drew on, to retire to their own homes. Tuesday, July 2. 
I rode with Mr. S. to Mr. J.'s, who, with Mrs. J., received us with open arms. I preached the next day, not far from his house, to a deeply attentive congregation. Many were much affected at the preaching, but far more at the meeting of the society. Mr. J. himself was constrained to praise God aloud, for his great love to him and to his people. Sunday, 7. I preached at W.'s chapel, about twenty miles from Mr. J.'s. I intended to preach near the house, under the shade of some large trees. But the rain made it impracticable. The house was greatly crowded, and four or five hundred stood at the doors and windows, and listened with unabated attention. I preached from Ezekiel's vision of the dry bones, and there was a great shaking. I was obliged to stop again and again, and beg of the people to compose themselves. But they could not. Some on their knees, and some on their faces, were crying mightily to God all the time I was preaching. Hundreds of negroes were among them, with the tears streaming down their faces. The same power we found in meeting the society, and many were enabled to rejoice with joy unspeakable. In the cool of the evening I preached out of doors, and many found an uncommon blessing. Every day the ensuing week I preached to large and attentive congregations. Indeed, the weather was violently hot, and the fatigue of riding and preaching so often was great. But God made up all this to me by his comfortable presence. Thursday 11 I preached to a large congregation at the preaching house near Mr. J.'s. After preaching at several places on Friday and Saturday, on Sunday 14 I came to Mr. B.'s, where I preached and met the society. The congregation was, as before, abundantly larger than the chapel could contain. And we had almost such a day as fourteen days ago, only attended with a more deep and solemn work. What a work is God working in this corner of Mr. J.'s parish! It seemed as if all the country, for nine or ten miles round, were ready to turn to God. In the evening I rode to Mr. S.'s, and found a whole family fearing and loving God. Mr. S., a sensible and judicious man, had been for many years a justice of the peace. By hearing the truth as it is in Jesus, he and his wife first, and then all his children, had attained that peace that passeth all understanding. He observed how amazing the change was which had been lately wrought in the place where he lived. That before the Methodists came into these parts, when he was called by his office to attend the court, there was nothing but drunkenness, cursing, swearing, and fighting. Most of the time the court sat. Whereas now nothing is heard but prayer and praise, and conversing about God and the things of God. Monday, 15. I rode towards North Carolina. In every place the congregations were large, and received the word with all readiness of mind. I know not that I have spent such a week since I came to America. I saw everywhere such a simplicity in the people, with such a vehement thirst after the word of God, that I frequently preached and continued in prayer till I was hardly able to stand. Indeed, there was no getting away from them, while I was able to speak one sentence for God. Sunday, 21. I preached at Roanoke Chapel to more than double of what the house would contain. 
in general the white people were within the chapel, and the black people without. The windows being all open, everyone could hear, and hundreds felt the word of God. Many were bathed in tears, and others rejoicing with joy unspeakable. When the society met, many could not refrain from praising God aloud. I preached to a large company in the afternoon, and concluded the day with prayer and thanksgiving. Tuesday, 23. I crossed the Roanoke River and preached at a chapel in North Carolina, and I preached every day to very large and deeply attentive congregations, although not without much labor and pain through the extreme heat of the weather. On Tuesday, 30, was our quarterly meeting. I scarce ever remember such a season. No chapel or preaching house in Virginia would have contained one-third of the congregation. Our friends, knowing this, had contrived to shade with boughs of trees a space that would contain two or three thousand persons. Under this, wholly screened from the rays of the sun, we held our general love-feast. It began between eight and nine on Wednesday morning, and continued till noon. Many testified that they had redemption in the blood of Jesus, even the forgiveness of sins, and many were enabled to declare that it had cleansed them from all sin. So clear, so full, so strong was their testimony, that while some were speaking their experience, hundreds were in tears, and others vehemently crying to God for pardon or holiness. About eight our watch night began. Mr. J. preached an excellent sermon. The rest of the preachers exhorted and prayed with divine energy. Surely, for the work wrought on these two days, many will praise God to all eternity. T.R. End of section 23. Recording by Brian Keenan.